I've had a Thanksgiving tradition going back years now, since long before I was a full-time NPR host. Thanksgiving was the day I would fill in, guest hosting NPR's evening news program, All Things Considered. And back when I started, the show would always do an extra-long performance chat with a musician, special for Thanksgiving Day. Here's a bit of my first chat. It was with John Mayer in 2013. We've got a lightning round for you. What's your favorite Thanksgiving food? Favorite Thanksgiving food, stuffing. What's your favorite chord? Um, it was probably like an E minor 11 or something at some point. It was like... That's nice. And sure, part of this was just like a way to fill a show on a notoriously slow news day. But it was also a way to give listeners a break from the drumbeat of wars, politics, and job numbers. Dear Marie... Tell me what it was I used to be. Now, no offense to John Mayer, but not every NPR listener is a fan. And frankly, that's going to be true of any musician we talk to. So I wondered if we could create a Thanksgiving Day music segment that didn't spend half an hour with just one artist. And so in 2015, we launched a new tradition that seemed appropriate for the holiday, a musical chain of gratitude. I would like to say thank you. I've learned a lot from you. I just really appreciate your music and your talent. Keep making music. I really like this. We're so honored that your voice is present in our world. I would ask an artist to choose someone they were thankful for who looked and sounded different from them, and then we would go to that person and continue the chain. Consider this. Every musician hopes their art touches someone else. Now, we get to hear what it sounds like when those artists learn who they've inspired. From NPR, I'm Ari Shapiro. It's Thursday, November 26th. Happy Thanksgiving. Frogs pooping beetles, featherless flying reptiles, stinky chatty cheese. We got it all on Wow in the World, the NPR podcast for kids. I'm Mindy Thomas, inviting you to join me and Guy Raz for an animated scientific adventure of the mind. It's Wow in the World from Tinkercast and NPR. Listen now. It's Consider This from NPR. So every Thanksgiving Day, we've strung together a series of audio thank you notes, with each musician passing on an appreciation to the next. And some of these connections are really surprising. Like in 2019, when I talked to a young rapper named LaKaley47. LaKaley47 talked about how grateful she is for the music of Chick Corea, a pianist in his late 70s. One of his most well-known pieces is Spain, which he wrote in 1971, long before LaKaley 47 was even born. It was just something that was just always on repeat and still is for myself. Tell us what effect this is having on you right now. Oh, my God. I can't describe the feeling of my heart right now. I just can't. She told me about listening to the song at her great-grandmother's house when she was a little kid. You know, she would nap or whatever, and then that's when I would hit play. And I would just sit on that porch, and I would just listen over and over and over and over. And it was just like, yeah, this is what I want to do. Have you ever met Chick Corea? 
Well, what would you like to say to him now? Sir, there's a lot that I could say to you, but nothing beats thank you at this moment right now. You have helped shape a little black girl from Virginia, you know, her, her mind, her mental, her creativity, her, her, her musical palette. Thank you for being an awesome teacher from your student, Lakeley 47. And then we went to Chick Corea, who was just so moved to hear that somebody so different from him connected so deeply with his music. It's a testament to all of us as artists that we're able to connect like that, that we're able to connect on, on a wavelength of creativity, and, uh, you know, I don't, see, uh, I don't see the differences in the forms of music so much. So that was last year. And then this year, we broke the concept out of the Thanksgiving Jello mold and created a running series called Play It Forward. And we've got one installment of that series now. It begins with the folk pop duo, the Indigo Girls, talking about why they're grateful for a British spoken word poet and rapper named Kay Tempest. I touched the beginning animating animals and tree gods, scratching out legends in cave walls. We recorded these conversations with the Indigo Girls and Kay Tempest a while ago. And since then, Kay Tempest put out a statement saying they are going by the name Kay now and using they, them pronouns. Kay and their team have given us permission to air these interviews as they were recorded. Here's Amy Ray of the Indigo Girls. I find that I have catharsis when I listen to her and read her words. I hear hope in them. The, the willingness for her to be so vulnerable makes me hopeful. And the willingness for her to love humanity through the darkness makes me hopeful. And Kate Tempest joins us now from London. Thank you for being here. Welcome to Play It Forward. Thanks for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Well, what's your reaction to what we just heard from the Indigo Girls to start? I feel honored that people are paying such close attention to my work. I felt like what they were saying about the hope and the vulnerability, the, the willingness to feel vulnerable being a sign of hope. Hmm. It's just a beautiful, perceptive thing to notice. I feel, it's, you know, what can I say? It feels, <laughs> I feel lucky. I know the days are reeling past in such squealing blasts, but stop for breath and you will know it's yours. They specifically mentioned your willingness to love humanity through the darkness. Does that come naturally to you, or do you have to work at finding that love in spite of the darkness? Um, I think that it is, it's hard work. It's a process, and it's a practice. It demands a certain amount of a kind of willingness to defeat the parts of you that want to go first to despair or want to go first to hurt or distrust, to actually try and like, override that. I mean, it's, it's a mark of my privilege that I'm in a position that I can do that. Um, so it's definitely important that I acknowledge that. But at the same time, it's something that I try and live by, for sure. And that's why it's so much of my work is about it. It's because so much of my life is about trying to find that balance. It's not easy, for sure, when you get annoyed yeah. with people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, what, what does the practice involve? It's about looking again. It's basically allowing yourself or, in fact, demanding that you notice and feel and tune into the idea that every single other person is existing at as ferocious a frequency as you are. Empathy is about hearing other people's stories before telling your own and, and just having an awareness of that at all times. But it's so hard 
We got our heads down and our hackles up, our backs against the wall. I can feel your heart racing. None of this was written in stone. The current's fast, but the river moves slow, and I can feel things changing. For me personally, it's about noticing particular attention. And as soon as I pay particular attention to anything, like a really mundane household object, suddenly becomes something that's extremely beautiful and is full of life and has a lot to teach me. I mean, I say that because I'm looking at a coffee pot. <laughs> so I'm like, can I, feel, can I feel that about this? I think it has to be a living thing. I just heard myself say that. I was like, oh, I'm, cut. That's, I'm going well, a bit far there. It has to be a person. At least. I mean, it reminds me of the lyrics of the song People's Faces. I mean, the last line is, I love people's faces. And it speaks directly to what you're describing right now. I love people's faces. Yeah, that's it, for sure. That's like the truest the truest line. It's, it's a mad thing because I spent my entire life putting words together and then I feel like that particular line is just the closest I've ever come to telling just the clearest truth that I could. That's, that is it. I love people's faces. That's pretty much it. Europe is lost. America lost. London lost. Still we are clamouring victory. All that is meaningless rules. We have learnt nothing from history. The people are dead in their lifetimes, dazed in the shine of the streets. The Indigo Girls called you a prophetess. And I, I read an interview oh. that you did with the guard. Yeah, so it's all right. You can wear that title. There was an interview you did with The Guardian in 2017, and you said we're in a terrible situation in this country, meaning the UK, and I don't think any of us are quite prepared for what the next few years might bring. That was three years ago, and when I read that, I thought, wow, prophetess is the right word. How have you been adjusting to this new reality that we're all living in that none of us could have anticipated three years ago? Mm, Interesting question. Um, Well, the first thing to say is that for writers... We pay extreme attention. This is what I'm saying about this really, this decision to pay particular attention. And when you do that, what you access is the present. But what it looks like and what it reads like is is prescience. It looks like you're talking of the future, but actually you're just paying attention to the present. And it, it happens all the time when you read novels or when you listen to lyrics by people that are just um, afflicted with the burden of being somebody who notices in like such sharp frequencies what's going on and and then you explain it and you get it out of you and it just it seems like you're talking about a future but you're not you're just describing the moment well kate tempest it's your turn to play it forward who would you like to tell us about a musician who you appreciate um who you feel grateful for i would like to appreciate uh, and show my gratitude to leanne le havers tell us about her why did you choose her there is something that happens when I hear her sing, which is so uplifting. Please stop asking, do you still love me? Don't have much to say, let's speak in the morning. I feel like the way that she selects melody and the way that she embodies those melodies, her, her guitar playing, the placement of the breath in in the lines that she sings. I just find it extremely uplifting and healing. Mm. And I think she's um, she's one of these people they have put all of this effort into making it appear effortless. What song of hers can we play to, to introduce listeners to that, that beauty that you're describing? Do you know what? They're, I was lucky enough to be at the Albert Hall 
when she did a gig, like a kind of homecoming gig in London, and she did mm -hmm. a cover version just with her on the guitar singing Aretha Franklin's Say a Little Prayer. Here it goes. <laughs> I mean, that's a challenging song to cover, right? Like, but I, I was, it was such a beautiful moment. The moment I wake up Before I put on my makeup I say a little prayer for you what would you like to say to her? I'd like to say thank you for making me feel less alone in the world and for putting your heart into everything you sing and play. And I'd like to say thanks for all your music. A note of gratitude from Kay Tempest this Thanksgiving. Forever and ever you stay in my heart and I will love you. There is a link to all the Play It Forward episodes, including Liam Havas, in our show notes. You're listening to Consider This from NPR. I'm Ari Shapiro.